Hello and welcome back to the Tactus Media Podcast. I'm excited to be joined this week by Jen McFarland. If you are struggling to balance digital marketing with running your business, Jen has your back. Jen specializes in assisting entrepreneurs and small business owners to streamline their marketing strategy and processes. With an MPA and more than 25 years of training, teaching, and executive experience in leadership, project management, and digital marketing, Jen can help transform your digital marketing, marketing technology, or marketing operations the way it should be run. All right, let's cue that intro. Welcome to the Tactus Media Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Cargill. I'm excited to explore a ton of different topics with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. In the past, we've talked about video marketing, brand, strategy. There's still going to be a lot of that, but we also want to tackle some issues that are happening in Portland, fun concepts, as well as some engaging stories. All right, let's kick it. Hello, welcome back to the Tactus Media Podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by Jen McFarlane. Jen, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is um, a classic rainy overcast day in June, but these are the days that we have to just push through in the Northwest and then sunny skies are ahead. That's right. Well, allegedly, it's January is what we call it over here. I love <laughs> we're it. A little, we're a little tired of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, the, the rainy clouds and then uh the hope is that maybe it rains during the week and then on the weekends it's sunny and then you can take take advantage of the weekends but that's not what's been happening here not at at all all. it's been nasty every weekend and then during the week it's been like 80 degrees and lovely and we're stuck inside working it's not fair yep so i'm hoping you know those things flip here in the near future but the audience was not here today to to hear about the weather (laughs) They clicked on this episode because we're going to talk about marketing. And Jen, maybe you can tell people a little bit about your background and your your company. Sure. So I have two companies. My name is Jen McFarlane. I have Women Conquer Business, which is my marketing consultancy, and Epiphany Courses, which are short form courses. Some are as quick as like 10 or 15 minutes, all the way up to about an hour, guided towards helping service-based businesses make the best decisions that they can. And typically, Epiphany would be for people who can't afford to hire me as a consultant. (laughs) So it's kind of serving more people that way. And then on the consultancy side, it's service-based businesses. I do a lot of outreach and client help with um, a couple of different organizations. I'm part of the Prosper Portland Inclusive Business Resource Network, and we help small businesses with digital marketing. Uh, I recently came on as an Accelerate marketing coach. Um, Accelerate is a fund that helps women women owned businesses here in Oregon. So I'm kind of all over the place and trying to reach as many people as I can. I do a lot of marketing that is, I guess, you know, I kind of say it's not sexy. It's the stuff that works that people don't try to sell. You know, you hear all about funnels and all kinds of stuff that's all fancy and everything. Um, There are some real marketing fundamentals that just are really good for businesses, businesses who are just starting out. Then when you do that, you can go for a long time without having to invest thousands and thousands of dollars in sales funnels and things like that. So uh, that's what I teach. I got my start. It's so funny. I in college, I worked on the college newspaper and I had been, I was an English major and an art minor, and it was just something that I could do <laughs> that kind of used my skill set. So I really started off 
as a graphic designer and I got my first design job because I knew what a scanner was, which is so funny now because like who even uses a scanner? And I, you know, bounced around a lot, took a break, went into the Peace Corps, went to graduate school. And then it's like marketing is for me is almost like the mob. It just keeps like <laughs> pulling you back in. And I started my business in about 2017. But yeah, all told, I've been in marketing now for about 20, 25 years, uh, different types of big and small businesses all over the place. Wow, that's amazing. And thank you kind of for that whole recap and <laughs> uh, the journey. It's it's always a winding one to landing in marketing. Um, but I always admire people that are able to bring different skill sets to the table. So with your background, um, when you studied art and graphic design, all those and writing, all of those things come together to make you a, a strong marketer. And, um, and I think it's awesome that you've created these courses. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about those, because like, that's a great way for people to, like you mentioned, your time is valuable. So one-on-one -on -one coaching might not be in someone's price range, but they can uh, sign up for your course and learn a little bit more. Yeah, so about a year ago, my friend and colleague, Gail Bender, and I started this company, Epiphany Courses, and we kind of had, it's so funny, I, I was sharing with Brian right before we came on that I turned the website on for this interview. <laughs> like, I finally reached the point where I was like, oh, gosh, if there's something wrong, we'll just fix it, uh, because I'm really excited about this new direction we're in. When we started a year ago, we had one thing in mind, and it's evolved into more of like a membership thing where people just get, instead of having people buy one course at a time, now we just put all the courses in one place and every, you can buy as many, you, you buy the membership and you get, you know, events and a community and uh, all of the different courses. And what that's really about is Gail and I found is she's a, she's a finance person. We found that we were answering the same questions over and over again, and that there was a lot of really bad information out there. And so we started to think about what's the easiest way that we could <laughs> share all of the things that we talk about over and over again with people who, like I said before, maybe can't afford or don't want like the coaching and the consulting. They just need like, you know, and, and that's where the epiphany part comes in. They just need a little bit of information so they can have that aha moment and make a good decision for their business. When it comes to courses, what we found about courses is there are a lot of courses out there that are really just a big opt-in to like a big program. And we don't like that. <laughs> there are a lot of courses that are like 20 hours and all these lessons for something you may not need. So we thought if we made shorter courses and compiled information into little tiny packages, then people could be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm... I'm not interested in blogging or I'm not interested in this. I can move on to something else that just helps them make that decision quicker so that they don't have to struggle with like, what, what should I do? And, and that's really fundamentally what we're trying to do with epiphany is just give people little epiphanies that, you know, help them make better decisions. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's really cool to make something and know that you're not, it, there's no upsell. <laughs> like there's not even any crossover to be like, I am a marketing consultant and I made this course, you know, like it, we're trying to make it. That's why it's not under like women conquer business. It's like a separate entity because we don't want people to think that we're making anything so that we can ultimately get a consulting gig. Mm. <laughs> we're making it so that people can get better. better. That's amazing. Yeah. And then really quick for everyone, uh, the, the name of that website and appreciate you, you uh, re uh, making it available for everyone. Um, but yeah, if you want to click over to that. Yeah. It's epiphanycourses.com. 
and then the yeah, then the second question was, what are some of those courses in case people are kind of wondering? Yeah, so all, I mean, it's kind of all over the place. There's a lot of audio courses because I'm a podcaster and I have content that it's actually used at a large book company. <laughs> so I've been teaching audio lessons for a long time. And some of those courses are all about, um, you know, custom, consumer insights. So you know kind of how that's going with marketing, what the best uh, marketing or what the best website copy is for your website. Uh, a lot of marketing courses. And then some of the video, the traditional kind of video courses, there are two on there right now about podcasting. So like a 38-page workbook and checklist about getting started planning your podcast. Another one is like three mistakes podcasters make. And then the big, the big video course that I just finished is um, how to choose the right marketing, marketing tools for your business. A lot of what I am passionate about is helping people not get into these programs that aren't serving them. So that whole course is really about how do you identify your biggest goals and what your needs are when it comes to software so that you can then take that information and like go ask people, like, do you do this? <laughs> this is what I actually need. Um, so it's a lot of things like that that just provide a lot of guidance and help. You know, um, right now there's a lot of courses about marketing. It just takes it just takes time to make all of these things <laughs> and like really produce them and get them out into the world. And um, but the early reception we've got from some things has been really great. We had a an early course that we put out um, that we're we've been selling on AppSumo for a while and we've sold like a couple hundred <laughs> and like everybody loves it. Like, you know, and it was just a little a little thing that we kind of offered on the side. So um people are, people are pretty receptive. Um, we've gotten some really good reviews from that. So I'm feeling like it's like, we're on the right track. It's just going to take some time to get the word out about, about what we're doing. Yeah. And that's why we're doing the podcast here. So people yeah. can get the word out people can <laughs> uh, click on over and check out those courses. And, you know, I meant to bring this up right when we started, but, uh, I wanted to say a big thank you to you, Jen, because I love that you make marketing so approachable and uh, oh, similar that you've, yeah, similar to like what you just talked about with the course, um, and that you're cutting through a lot of that fluff and making it just really digestible and understandable. And this reflects in all of your marketing. So I've been following you on LinkedIn since we connected in Nedra's group. So yeah, shout out oh, wow. to Nedra. Shout out. Hey, Nedra. Uh, who came on the podcast. She was on episode 22, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll of, go check that out. Back when we were, I think it was the media marketing podcast at that point. So it's changed its name. As you know, with marketing, there's different iterations, or you, you're always tinkering, reshaping the brand, um, and that's a, a process over time. But uh, yeah, big thank you to you and all of the, the work that you do on LinkedIn. So people go over to LinkedIn. You can follow Jen, uh, your podcaster as well. You're the most active person we've had on the podcast. So you're everywhere, uh, blog posts, uh, LinkedIn, uh, different other social channels, as well as a couple websites. So, and YouTube channel. So you guys can check out uh, women conquer business YouTube channel. Right. And then yes. is there another YouTube channel too, or is that the main one? That's the main one. My, my friend, uh, Bridget and I have started a second show, but it's also on the, on the women conquer business channel. It's on her channel as well. So yeah, that's a little irreverent side project about marketing where, um, I don't know. We have I like it. What it's about? It's just kind of fun. So, is it um, just like kind of your your quarrels with uh, yeah, marketing? Just, yeah, yeah. I think I think this week we're going to talk about um, overused words. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, things like ROI and Rockstar and Badass and stuff that, like, people ask us to put in to stuff and don't really tell people what you're about, you know, that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we just talk about all different kinds of things on there. It was just an excuse to hang out and chat. But, yeah, I mean, we're I'm really, like, I've always been kind of a content creator disguised as a consultant. So I think that in the last few months, I've really just kind of let my creative flag fly for a while, and it's it's been pretty fun. That's awesome. Um, you know, new website with like finally branding that kind of feels really in sync. And then, like I said, we just turned on the Epiphany Courses one because that feels better than what we were doing over there. And, you know, new newsletter like every Sunday. That's kind of a new thing that I started doing. Um, I guess that was about two months ago. So it's uh, it's been a. How has that been working out? I mean, people seem to really like it, you know, and I got actually got a client from it. Um, so funny. Like last week I, I sent one out and it really resonated with somebody and they hired me to help with some stuff. So, you know, it's amazing when you kind of test things out, you know, marketing is always a test, you know, you're always kind of testing what people are going to respond to. And, and then when something works, you kind of have to just lean into it, you know, and, and keep going with it. So, I always had a really high open rate on my email marketing and then I just kind of stopped using it. Like the pandemic has been a weird time where, you know, things just kind of fell away. You know, I stopped doing a podcast, I stopped emailing people. And then I was like, why did I do that? You know, (laughs) like two years later. And so, you know, but you always have to figure, figure it out, you know, and, and that's kind of the journey that I think we're all on, you know, as, as marketing our businesses is like, what works, you know, and I like making stuff (laughs) and that works for me. (laughs) So, um, so it's like part of what you have to think about as Mm -hmm. a business owner, I think. Yeah. That totally resonates, resonates with me being a like content creator first and, uh, the kind of consultant after the fact, but I think you're able to play to those strengths and, uh, utilize them and, you know, educate and get people, uh, knowledgeable about your services and, you know, I always feel good teaching others. I think, I think at, at the heart of things, Jen, like you love helping people. I think yeah. um, I was listening to another podcast that you were on before this, or yeah, before you hopped on here and um, talking about uh, you worked in public service for many years. And I think yeah. um, that's probably attributed wanting to give back to the community, help others. And um, now you're using that um, yeah. knowledge for good in the marketing world, which I love. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think, well, I wasn't, I did, I was in public service. um, And before that I was in the Peace Corps. And I think that's really where, that's a hundred percent about you just go to another country and, and then the people who end up enjoying it, like we did, we go there and we're like, hi, we're dumb Americans. Teach us about your culture and, and tell us where you need help and we'll do it. Um, It's not about going there and being like, I know everything, (laughs) you know, so it really is about the spirit of, of pitching in. And, and I think that that's kind of carried with me, like it did throughout my public service career. And then, uh, now as a business owner, um, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to help people. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, and then just, uh, really quick, where on your Peace Corps, where did you uh, go for your or did you go oh. to a couple different places? <laughs> yeah, we we live in Kazakhstan. So oh, okay, we, cool. Yeah, we lived there for two years in a town called, well, it's a village called Turgan, um, outside of the former capital of Al- Almaty. So, wow. um, yeah, they recently had some unrest there. And so we were seeing some places that we knew, um, you know, 
being attacked and stuff like so it's wow. kind of weird you know we're still even though we've been back now for like a long time we've we've seen you know we still are in touch with people so you know when you see things like that you're like are, are you okay <laughs> like you know you're like yeah. on facebook and instagram like immediately and you know thankfully everybody was okay but um yeah it's like another family th- mm-hmm. that you have when you do that it's a it's a pretty neat experience Mm-hmm. And two years is a long time to really kind of be invested in the people and uh, really be part of the culture. You know, some people will go for a month or two, but a couple of years yeah. really. Two you, years. you, Yeah. You know, you'll never really be a part of the culture fully because even after two years, there were things that were happening that I was like, can you explain this to me? <laughs> What's happening? You know, and that you just don't understand. And, and part of it is not knowing everything the nuances of the language and things like that but you do get to become um part of the journey for like two years with the people in the community that are willing to you know open their arms to you and you get to learn a lot from them and and it was um you know it was a phenomenal experience like we had some really really good times over there so we still want to go back someday just to to see our friends again it would be pretty amazing so totally yeah when things kind of i don't know whatever normal is <laughs> whatever <laughs> we used to have but we i think i we think remember. you were gonna say when things calm down and i was gonna be like hmm. yeah and i was like that's too hopeful i used to say that a little bit maybe the <laughs> gosh yeah i can't say calm down settle down just like someday someday but yeah. uh but I thought i would ask about the um the peace corps because i know audience members are like oh, okay why didn't he ask where where jen went on her trip <laughs> So I'm glad I, I covered that. Uh, and then wh- where we left off before was that it's awesome that email marketing is working for you. Kind of bringing it back to marketing. Um, email marketing, I think, is a good uh, you know segment back into things. Do yeah. you, um, is that part of the services that you offer as well? Or is that just something that you're, one of the <laughs> things you're utilizing? Well, I guess it is now because the client <laughs> who came on liked the way I wrote my newsletter. And okay. So that they, they asked for, for help in that direction and SEO, which is certainly something that I, that I help people with. So it, it's interesting, you know, uh, when I say newsletter, I think people have a lot of conceptions about that. Uh, what it, 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 they actually are almost like blog posts. They cut their, posted to my website and then sent out to people I'm using a platform called ghost that, that does that. And it's, it's pretty phenomenal. And so is that just I, like if people type in ghost email marketing, that'll come up? Actually, ghost is a web platform. Kinda, okay. You know, so I took everything off of WordPress. It became too much to manage. Now that I have two companies, it's just, it was too unwieldy. So ghost is a great one, a great tool for like a blog, uh, content creation that they're, it's entirely for creators and mm-hmm. they have anytime you post an article or a newsletter, um, you can send it out to your subscribers that's awesome automatically and stuff so so it's it's been good for me because they are really pretty (laughs) like and you know and then the newsletter isn't about just about myself it's really a a teachable moment about most of the time i like i haven't written sundays yet because i came up with it because something came up there's usually something that comes up every week that i feel like i can speak to and then i just write like a a thing about it you know Mm -hmm. and um again it's about doing what you like and I think because my writing for some people because everybody's writing is different can be very engaging um, I get a pretty good response from from it um, but 
you know, I, what I teach people in terms of marketing is to do the things that you like, you know, video is fun and audio is fun. I do it because it's more efficient. <laughs> like my writing takes time. Mm-hmm. This is more efficient. Um, and, and it's easier for most people that I work with when you get kind of past the whole fear of the camera and, and, and all of that, you know, for most people, it's a pretty easy way of doing it. Cause writing the blank page, people just hate that. Oh yeah. The dreaded writer's block, just staring into the abyss. But I, I like, yeah, I agree. I think for me, videos always come across a little bit more naturally. Um, just able to talk off the uh, top of my head and just say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And it captures it directly. And then you just splice it up, take out all the ums and ahs and boom, there you go. You yeah, got a video. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why people come to you. They, they want help with that. You know, they want, they want to do this but there's a gap there for them around, you know, it's not easy for them, for your clients. It's not easy. Oh yeah. And it's not easy for yeah. me. And I try not to like downplay that as much. Cause I think it does yeah. like watching a video is equivalent in my mind to like a good golf swing. Like you see the golfer that's on the tour, like they, it, Oh, it looks super easy. Everything. This is a new theory I'm playing around. Anything that looks super easy took years and years to like really hone that craft and be able to, uh, you know, yeah. do it efficiently. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. what, you know, I, I have a, I have a lot of opinions about you know I, I feel like you know we have crazy expectations around success and we define it kind of incorrectly and we have crazy expectations about how long things are going to take and that's why so many of like I, I mean I guess my competitors <laughs> they try to sell the quick the quick fix you know that are for a lot of money and there's no such thing as overnight success there's no such thing as that one marketing thing that's going to fix everything everything is about like time <laughs> and like yeah. it's like perfecting that golf swing you know and so if you see people doing things that are super easy it it takes a long time like I, for years I would practice my talking to the camera and for months I would just do a Facebook live to myself because you can set the audience to oh wow it, you know and I would just I would do it and then I'd mess up and I'd stop and I'd be like well at least it was just me <laughs> you know like that's that amazing was, you know, you're doing practice takes wow yeah yeah and um you know and I practiced looking at the camera and and doing all of that and it's you know but this has been now like I mean I was 2017 so like what five years off and on of just practice mm-hmm. and I still have to tell myself you know, looking, looking the lens and things like that. So, um, and then I was telling you before we started, it took like three years to get this to even look remotely decent, which is where we are today, <laughs> you know? Totally, so, yeah. You know, these things take time. And I feel like when it comes to marketing or, or doing anything with your business, you know, we live in this like Amazon society of like, order it, it's here in a day. <laughs> like, and we have those expectations as like small business owners that whatever it is that we do, it's going to be instant, you know, and, and in marketing, what we find a lot is like the number one skill business owners need is patience. <laughs> like you have to give whatever it is you're doing time to be, to be successful. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know, that's the, seems to be the missing ingredient with a lot of people is um, an understanding of, of how long it took to develop your own skills as a business owner. And then how long it takes for other people to appreciate your skills <laughs> mm. yeah, and market them successfully. Um, and and that's that's important for any business i think i think well put well put i totally resonates with me is yeah finding the people that appreciate your uh what you have to offer because not everyone's going to appreciate or view it or value it or they're not the right headspace or right place in life to be able to um say oh that's really high quality or like i 
you know, I want to work with that person, uh, whatever it might be. I think, yeah. I, I, I don't know why this is coming to mind and maybe this is too much of a tangent, but I, I found this meme the other day and it was like this dad and it's his daughter and he wants to give her this car and it's been sitting in the garage for years and years. It's all dusty. And he says, take it to uh, the thrift shop, see what they'll offer it to you for. And then he says, take it to uh, somewhere else and see what they'll offer you. And so like the thrift shop's like, we'll give you, this is a clunker. We'll give you just like 5,000. The next place is we'll give you like 50,000. And he's like, okay, now take it to these car collectors and they review it. And they're like, oh, we will give you like half a million dollars for this. And right. so just really seeing like some people see it as an old dusty car. Some people actually recognize this has history or has a story behind it, or there's something really unique about um, this product. And so I think as marketers, that's really finding that audience that values you is, is key. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and understanding that, that you have to pay attention. Like there could be people out there who are saying, no, you're this, like as a business owner, right? You have to pay attention to your favorite clients, the clients you love working with, how they describe your business. They are seeing you as that half a million dollar car. Right. And, but if you're speaking to the $500 car people, Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, then you're going to be like, why can't I get more of that guy? You know, well, sometimes we end up paying too much attention to the people who consume the most time, which tend to be people who don't necessarily value us like they're, you know, um, but if yeah, they'll text and, and you we, at 10 o'clock at night, you're about to oh, fall yeah. asleep. You're like, why am I getting texted? <laughs> am I getting like, this? You know? yeah. um, and then the people who really treasure us and value us, you know, that maybe don't require as much attention like we have to pay attention to what they're saying because that's where the marketing gold is mm -hmm. <laughs> what they're saying how they say that you help them all of that is really then you take that and you find a way to talk about that with everybody and that's successful marketing a lot of it comes from paying attention to who you have now <laughs> focusing on the people you want more of and then messaging that you know, answering their questions in your newsletter, in your Facebook posts, or I don't know why I'm talking about Facebook so much, but LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, I think it's because when I started with video, I mean, Facebook Live was where people were doing it. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, I don't think it was even an option on LinkedIn. Now it's great. You know, as long as you. Every just, platform has like a live, yeah. YouTube has a live, LinkedIn live. Yeah. LinkedIn is, was kind of the slowest uh, adopter in some ways. Um, but I do like what they require. Like they require two-factor authentication and all kinds of stuff because they don't want junk on there <laughs> and they want to mm -hmm. be able to like revoke it, you know, so that people can't say they didn't do it. You know, I didn't do it. Oh, well, really? Because you have two-factor or we wouldn't have let you in the program. Yeah, you'd you go know? through this many hoops to um, allow it to work. Yeah, yeah, because so I think... Because on Instagram, it's just a press of the button and you see, I think uh, my wife's mom was on there and she's like, oh no, I don't mean to be out live right now. And as soon as that notification goes out, like, yep, it's on my phone or yep, her brother's phone everywhere. or dad's phone. Everyone's like, oh, yep, it's live. So uh, live is a, is a tricky thing. And I think that's amazing. Maybe we can just kind of stay on this thought that you know, going live, I've done it before. It's terrifying. Uh, I'd rather be the person interviewing than responding because um, there's no that there's no seven second delay like they have when you're doing television yeah. not that we're really going you know talking about anything that's like uh, super controversial but it's still the 
you can slip up on your words. You can say stupid stuff. I say stupid stuff all the time, but, um, but I think it's amazing that you did uh, some practice runs. So I think that's a big takeaway for the audience is like, don't be afraid to, you know, do some recordings on your own that never get seen, but you're just getting those reps, you know, you're getting that practice run. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you do the same thing when you're, you know, if you like to write, you know, or if you're creating Canva or whatever, like you do a bunch of stuff and you just throw it away. Like you have to find a way to practice these things that are really scary <laughs> that you can throw away. And that's how I did it. I, I don't know how other people do it. Um, but what I recommend is finding that way that you can get started. I mean, the most important thing is just to get started. So whatever it's going to take for you to get out there, make the big leap. And sometimes it's like, I'll record it to private so nobody can see it. And then if it's good, I'll release it. You know, <laughs> like it's, nice. a, it's kind of a nice uh, rough draft. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You're able to just kind of practice and you can actually review it. And I learned so much just like I say it out loud. I'm like, oh, that came off really well. And then I watch it again. Like, no, that actually wasn't as good as I thought. But I learned <laughs> by watching myself as, as cringy as it is. I hate seeing myself, but that's just kind of like the process. I think everyone has that, that feeling that oh, yeah. sense of seeing and hearing yourself. It's just, a, it, we're not wired to do that unless you look in a mirror or like reflection, like cave people were looking in, you know, at the in the reflection of a pond and like oh my gosh (laughs) so we don't really have that opportunity very often so it's 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 something that you have to work at and develop absolutely absolutely and and that's what i mean like we have kind of a messed up view of success we we think it's easy and it's not and we become more successful by doing not by worrying about it not by thinking about it (laughs) it's by actually like trying you know and and it means and if you fail it doesn't mean that that was the bad thing to do or the wrong thing to do it means you keep trying <laughs> and, and 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 like and it never ends it's like a way to get better i mean i think a lot of people see you know tony robbins or gary vaynerchuk or marie folio whoever you look at and you forget <laughs> what it was like when they first started when they didn't mm-hmm. have a team when they didn't really know how to do this stuff I mean, go back and watch Wine Library with Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, you could probably go back into the beginnings of YouTube and watch it mm-hmm. much different than what you see now. So you have to look at that process. You have to think about that arc. You know, I mean, if you want to see something really hilarious, go to the first videos that I ever did, you know, and, and I feel like they're better now. I don't know because I don't go back and watch them, <laughs> you know, but but I I feel like if I hadn't have practiced, then I would never know if, mm-hmm. if this would be fun for me or not. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Um, just that, that journey and that evolution over time. And I think that's really good that you bring up uh, the, the early stages, they were awkward and it was clumsy and it didn't come out right. And it was clunky, but you have to go through all that to get to like, uh, being well-polished and, and it's just interesting in this field where we're like kind of learning in front of other people, which always, it doesn't feel awesome i'd rather just (laughs) go practice for many years and then come back but as a speaker or uh yeah if you're the owner of a business you need to be the face of the business so you're having to you know put put a blog and put it out there and maybe 10 years later like oh man that does not sound good but that's just kind of the process and you get better and better and i think um people like being a part of that journey though is the other side of that coin so yeah you feel awkward and clunky but but people can connect with that if you're being vulnerable uh with your audience right there then they're like okay yeah that, that, it is hard they are a real person they struggled too and then when yeah. i don't know i think 
because Gary Vaynerchuk, I think he talks about this first like 7,000 followers and those are like really key followers. Now he's a, you know, multi-million followers, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But um, well, yeah, I mean, time. I'm in all these like creator groups right now, you know, uh, one of them that I'm in is called Fizzle. Um, it's really great. It's actually it was founded like in 2012 uh, by Corbett Barr, who lives here in Portland, which is interesting. I've never met him, but um, except online <laughs> um, that I, you know, I might get to at some point. And, um, and it's for content creators and helping them build their business. And then the other group I'm in is affiliated with ghost and they, you know, the ghost one was the, you know, going through, they have such great documentation about the realities of creating content. So it's none of the scammy, like you're going to do it in a week, you know, yeah. kind of stuff. It's like, it takes time. And in there, it said the first hundred blog posts are practice. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me, you know, like, because it just feels like, oh, that takes the so first long. 100. Wow. The first 100. So, um, and that and would take me like five or six years. Right. <laughs> you know, if, if you're not really into writing, if you're into writing, that could be like, like six months or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, um, but you have to think of it that way. Also, when it comes to things like YouTube, like that's what he's getting at is like, you know, those first few people who follow you, they, they love you. They're those biggest fans that you have, you know, those first people who subscribe to your newsletter, they're your biggest fans. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and, we should and, take a second to thank the audience for their attention. Like <laughs> so far, cause I mean, you know, their attention, they could be doing a million other things, but they decided to tune into this episode, you know? Absolutely. You know? And, and so that's, and that's what I mean. Like you have like your first for your first followers and the people who've been there with you for the long haul, pay attention to that. Like you're saying something that resonates with them. And that's why it's always good. Like in, in, in your blog posts or in your videos or in things like your newsletter, like I always try to put something like, Hey, you know, what's going on? You can hit reply. I'll, 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 I'll respond, you know? And I think that people just need that reassurance sometimes, you know, they need to feel like, like you're the person, you know, that they can talk to and, and that they're important. And that's how you kind of start to build momentum in your business, whether you're trying to get clients or subscribers or whatever it is that you're trying to do. It's, it's about paying attention and acknowledging that people are out there, even if it's just five people, <laughs> you know, they're mm -hmm. out there and, and they, they are looking for what it is that you create. And, and it's about acknowledging them, you know, and, and sharing things that are important to them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really good advice. And um, I think, it, cause especially as a, a small business owner, when you're first starting out, uh, it can feel like an echo chamber. You know, you're putting stuff out there. You don't really know, you know, how is it yeah. being received, but there are five people that are probably watching it. And so, yeah, saying thank you to them and yeah. <laughs> you know, interacting and engaging. I think, uh, you know, some of the people I follow, they're like, are you too good to like or respond to everyone that comments? Like someone taking time out of their day to comment on your stuff, they they took time to do that. So yeah. um, it's, it's worth it to engage with the audience and engage with that community. Oh, a hundred percent. And yeah, you, you have to, there's so many reasons why you need to reply to everybody or like them or, uh, you know, it feels good too. You know, you're like, good. Hey, <laughs> it feels good. It shows that you're a good person. It helps with engagement, you know, visibility of your posts. Um, but yeah, mostly it's that it feels good and, and yeah, thank the people who took the time to respond. Not everybody does that. You know, those are the people who care about you the most. Mm -hmm. So Jen, in the early uh, phases of starting a business, um, you talked about doing it yourself versus having a team. Um, and then I think 
what I'm always amazed, Jen, is you always know at least three or four technologies that also help uh, kind of carry the load. Um, so yeah. where, uh, so what's kind of your recommendation for someone? Should they just go as far as they can as one person creating this content? Um, are there some like tools that they should be leaning on? Should they lean on their own strengths? Uh, bring on someone else? It's a little open-ended, but I think you yeah, got it. Well, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I think it depends on what your goals are and what you're creating, you know, um, and your comfort with like technology or with, with whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, I think if you, and I say this a lot to people when it comes to their marketing and I think it translates into probably every area of your business. And I think about it as like, what do you like to do? And what do you really hate doing? And the things that you really don't like doing, you tend to not do them. So those are things you want to hire somebody to do. Like, I mean, it's just kind of a natural aspect of it. So when you think about all of this stuff, what are, what are the areas that you need help? And some of that help can come from technology. And then some of it, you know, technology, automation, having like a handful of tools that you use. And as long as they all talk to each other, you can be saving yourself a lot of time and effort. Um, and then some of it does have to come from a team. You know, mm -hmm. for Epiphany, we have people and we have, you know, there's two founders, <laughs> you know, we have, we have help mm -hmm. and, and it feels good, you know, on the Women Conquer business side, it's been pretty, pretty lean and mean over there. Um, still is actually, it's That's just awesome. me. And, um, and I've relied on a lot of great tools. I think that um, if you have noticed, I don't know if you've noticed it, Brian, like I'll, I'll take, sometimes I'll take a podcast episode, a live stream, and then I have this software called Lately that I use then, and it automatically edits the video out into little clips that are paired with social media. Whoa, <laughs> I, just I haven't heard about that one. Hit that and post it, and it goes out. Um, it's it's a really easy way to like schedule and post um yeah, clips. Of and it'll just pull stuff. the clips for you, huh? Wow. Yeah. It'll yeah, just kind of so listen for some buzz. Like it'll probably take transcribe it and listen to some buzzwords that you want pulled out. Yeah. And so then the, when you go in to read what they've taken and what they've done, um, if you want to tweak the editing a little bit, you can, and then up above it is, are the words basically. Hmm. So you can see like, and you can either post some of them, some of the clips are so good that they pull. I just post it as is, Whoa. <laughs> you know, and then other ones, you know, you can want to, play with a little bit, you know, to get it to say what you want. But yeah, it does a lot through um, AI and automation. And then um, that tool actually works with things like Hootsuite. Um, mm -hmm. You know, another tool that you can use is repurpose.io. Um, and it goes to a lot of different things. It'll take your podcast or your videos. And it does something similar, but it's not quite as um, white glove, <laughs> you know, as lately. As lately as well. Yeah. Um, you know, another tool I think we were talking about ahead of time that I really like is Descript. And it goes in and does the transcription. Um, I use it a lot on video, too. It'll do it with a video or with the audio. And it'll take out all of the filler words. And it edits the video or the audio for you as it takes it out for you automatically. Um, it can generate captions and subtitles wow. and things like that. Obviously, transcripts. Um, you know, so it's a nice editing tool for the beginner so that you don't have to get all, like, I don't know. Yeah, you don't have to learn like a video editing yeah. software or like yeah. it used to be like the transcription was pretty expensive. So if you were to do it on your own, you're like stopping and playing the video, writing like no one would want to do that. But now, this, yeah, the AI is getting so good. It's getting really good. And Descript, I started using it when it was just, 
think it was in beta, you know, I, so to be fair, like the bread and butter of what I do for people is marketing and it's also software. I was, a um, when I worked in, pub, in the public sector, I did a lot of technology project management. So, and a lot, sometimes it was just making software recommendations. So I know how to look for things and find it. And so that's how I find some of these tools wow. that people haven't heard of. Um, that are just really amazing. Like Lately is really big. They work in a lot in enterprise, but now they've got a product that's affordable for people. Hmm. Um, Descript, they started off with like, I don't even know, like uh, bigger companies, I think. And then podcasters were like, no, we need this, <laughs> you know, because any tool that is like, you can edit video and audio just like you would like Microsoft Word. Like it's that easy to just edit things, you know. Um, people find that they're able to do that, <laughs> you know, as opposed to learn, um, you know, Camtasia or, you know, Premiere, yeah, Premier, Sony Vegas, like all, all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, those things, even for me, I'm, they're too much, <laughs> you know. So That's why I was curious if, if there's any kryptonite out there for you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was going to be one of my questions is like, how do you approach like new technology? Because you don't seem adverse to it. Some people are like, oh, no, I no. love it. I'm always in like right now I'm testing something called Marco Polo. It's AI powered uh, Facebook and Google ads. Cause I'm like, why not? Like, you know, AI can help with other stuff. So um, I, I don't know yet if I like it or not. I, I don't really traditionally do ads um, for clients, but I'm willing to try all this stuff for my own business for some reason. That's um, awesome. Hey, that's so, a good trial ground. So I think yeah. that's a good nugget there for people is like, you can use your own business to like Test, test things yeah. yeah especially if you work in marketing wow. and you're and you're reselling to someone else because i think your client would probably appreciate you going through all that hardship and learning experience you know and yeah, taking bringing yeah, them that know, knowledge like ghost i wouldn't necessarily recommend it to my clients who tend to be tech averse that's why they bring me in because <laughs> they're tech averse so they okay want somebody you know um but it's a really great publication platform um for creators and and then they also work in enterprise it's like so they have some really big publications out there like they handle um like the buffer mm. blog like buffer the the uh, social media scheduler things like that they have um DuckDuckGo, like all kinds of blogs out there using it that are for big companies um big newspapers things like that and then there's a few you know there's a lot of us actually that are independent creators that are on there um, they tend to lean more towards um, people <laughs> who are techie <laughs> because um, you typically for that would need like a, maybe depending on how much you like your theme, you may need a developer to help make it a little more nuanced, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's where uh, people who aren't into that, like maybe ghost isn't for them, but cause it's not a drag and drop, you know, website builder. Um, but then once it's set up and like how you like it, the inside of like creating content in Ghost is like the most beautiful, wonderful experience of my entire life. So, um, so it's kind wow, of, that's a testimonial right there. <laughs> it really is, you know. Um, like I don't know if you've ever written an article on Medium. It like mm -hmm. it like you know it's better than Medium, easier. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Medium is easier, a little, prettier. It's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I usually um, write them like in like a Google doc and then bring them over. Yeah. Ghost, even then that's uh, not that good. Ghost automates on that. So you can write a Google doc and it'll pull it in and oh wow, it does some cool stuff. So, um, but I was willing to, to like try it because I was so tired of dealing with WordPress. Um, I just needed something that would help me create and it's, it's worked well for me. 
but again, like it's not necessarily for everybody, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think that's really the thing is like, as a, as a marketing person or as a service provider, you have to realize that nuance of like, some things are not for everybody. And one of the things that is um, troubling, I think in marketing is there are a lot of people who are like, this is what you need to have. <laughs> and like, they have one path and, I don't think that's good for small business. I think you need someone who's willing to go down in the weeds with you and find like what that thing is that you actually need. And um, so my advice to all of you is find, you know, find your own path. Don't just listen to what everybody else is saying. You need to test that stuff yourself. You need to make sure it works for what you're doing. You need to make sure that you're going to actually use it because <laughs> like buying stuff that you never use is, a big oh, waste, gosh, a big waste so. of money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All those softwares out there. Yeah. Yeah. And leaning into your strengths as a business owner. And um, yeah, I think there's some advantages to being a small business versus a medium sized business. Uh, you can be more nimble and you can try things out sure. at a faster rate. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people kind of overlook that, I think, sometimes. Oh, yeah. They just do. Like it's, um, you're going to love this. Well, I think, I don't know. Sure. Um, what I say, I've loved this entire conversation. This has been awesome. <laughs> I've been having fun too. Um, uh, what I like to say is, you know, when you're taking advice from your friends, um, about like the software they use and you're like, yeah, I'm going to totally do that. You have to pause and go, wait, misery loves company. <laughs> like, like, is this, is it really working for them? And that's why it's so important to like, test it out yourself, take advantage of all the free trials, like, you know, ask questions of customer service while you're in the free trial period. And if they don't answer you, then like, don't buy it. Like, yeah, it's a reflection on that, on the yeah, software. Yeah, You know, I mean, so there's kind of all these like context clues around stuff. So, um, you know, and it's hard as you know, we don't have a lot of time and stuff, but like, it's like the best thing you can do in the long run is, you know, find for yourself what's going to work best, um, what it is that you need to do. I, I think there's a lot of, um, I wish I could think of a better, <laughs> there's a lot of copycatting. There's like marketing myopia in small business land where all of a sudden you see everybody doing the same thing. And yeah. It's like, Holy crap. Like, no, <laughs> like, don't do that. You know, mm -hmm. um, you have to like carve out your own way. Uh, yeah. And I think that we see that a lot with the social platforms. Um, a lot of, uh, reflection there you know you post something on Instagram everyone else will post something similar or, or TikTok yeah. and and that's the nature of just being out there uh, I think it's a lot harder when you put up a billboard for you know someone to come and copy your entire billboard but a little digital design post like oh that's yeah pretty totally. easy to make you it know work. they're finding that billboards are doing better again like people cool. are yeah <laughs> it's like really strange like you know there were all these stats like during the pandemic that like um uh that everything was going digital and then now that everybody's outside again <laughs> like everybody's mm -hmm. like oh yeah that stuff works <laughs> you know so um so yeah don't be afraid to change and break the mold mm -hmm. i know i think it's so fascinating uh, that the pandemic did give us a chance to actually test some of these things out my mom's a, a teacher and they were saying, you know, teachers maybe will become irrelevant because everyone's going to be learning from home. And then they realized these kids have a hard time focusing, uh, looking at their computer, the same thing that they're gaming on, you know, the other times when they're not in class. So like ha there's something valuable about being uh, in person and having that interaction. Um, but maybe there's just kind of like a time and place for everything. But it's, it's fascinating how um, a lot of these theories and stats kind of, yeah, traditional marketing, uh, there, there is some value there. And um, I'm not against it. It's just not something oh, I haven't developed. Yeah, as much I'm not more. either. I mean, I don't, I don't help people with it. Um, but I will tell someone like, oh, yeah, no, 
<laughs> you would do really well on TV or you need to think about this. I mean, it all depends on the audience. Like mm. you can't assume the stats are pretty astounding. Like if you're dealing in certain communities or age groups, like you can't do your online, you know, online marketing is not for you. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to work, you know? And there are a lot of people who are resistant to that. They think they should be able to do everything online because they personally do. And yeah. it's like, it's not, marketing isn't about you. I think that's a tough thing for them to separate sometimes, especially, um, yeah, I know there's been like sometimes there's some gatekeepers that you're designing something or making a video or whatever, and they're thinking of it from their perspective and not from the client or from the customer's uh, perspective. And so you're making something for the owner, but not something for the audience. And then it doesn't do well. And they're like, well, why didn't it do well? It's like, because you're not the audience. Yeah, because it wasn't for you. You got to target. Yeah, identify or, the characteristics of you your audience. And, and sometimes you have to work with a marketer who knows and understands your audience, you know, and, and that's the thing. People will take advice from someone who is not anywhere near <laughs> like the audience that they're trying to attract, you know, like, mm-hmm. like maybe your dad tells you like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, you like, need to go do a newspaper ad. You know, you, you know, need to go yeah, put this in the you know. in the yellow pages. <laughs> What's you a know, phone book? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, like I was gonna say, like your dad's like, don't do that. Well, if you just work with like twenty something women, like what does your seventy year old dad know about how to talk to people that are twenty? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, like. And I've even heard like even advice that you take from someone that like had made it in the eighties is not advice that you'd want to take in 2022 (laughs) no i mean there's some like generic aspects you know um broad strokes around like business planning and goals and stuff but like when you get into the weeds around marketing it gets it's it's dicey you know it's not (laughs) it's so much different the environment is like like i've told my husband probably like a million times like what are marketing students learning in college right now and is it out of date before they ever graduate like because this this stuff that we're doing is so fast (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's changing like every day you have to pay attention to like what you know what's going on and if if you're not like you could miss something pretty important Mm -hmm. yep regulations changing the platforms are changing themselves like even their parameters uh and then all the advice is changing. Like, this is the best time to post. No, this is the best time to post. Like, you should send out your e- email newsletter at this time. I like that you do Sunday. That's a, that's a I, good know, time. I know. It was so funny because my my good friend, oh, I think you know her, Elizabeth Case. You know, she, yeah. we were chatting. Yellow Dog her. Consulting. Yeah, Yellow Dog Consulting. She's, she's been one of my buds for years and years. And she posted something on Twitter about, like, you know, because she does newsletters, like MailChimp newsletters, and something about posting a newsletter um, you know, and there's all these strategies around days and stuff. And I was like, well, I just need to pick a day, you know, and everybody that I follow posts on Saturday. So I was like, well, I don't want to compete with them. <laughs> like, so I don't know why I picked Sunday. Um, but I found it really doesn't matter. Like, so if they don't open it on Sunday, I don't care if I'm the first thing that's in their inbox on Monday, that's maybe a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it had no effect. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, there are all these posts. I mean, they make for great copy, like, and you can rank for it, by the way. Like, what's the best time to post, you know? And like, no, nah, just a lot of times it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, on LinkedIn now, you can encourage people to follow you and get a notification when you post. There's a mm-hmm. bell now on there. Like, just encourage people to do that. And then whenever you do post, they're going to see it. It'll be a notification. 
it doesn't have to be like a big science. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really like post things that are good. Yep, high quality, high quality. valuable. Uh, maybe our emotion, like kind of pull at some kind of emotional heartstring. Yeah, quality it doesn't even have to be a heartstring. Quantity. Right? Yeah, inspiration. Quality over quantity. You know, quality over quantity, and then people look forward to it. it it's you know the the science of it is like don't stress yourself out. Mm-hmm. Just make something good, like and and then it. Ha- but it still has to be something you can wash, rinse, and repeat. Like it has mm-hmm. to be a repeatable process. Otherwise, um, you'll go crazy. Yeah, having to do something over and over from scratch. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then repurposing content. I think you've uh, mentioned a handful of times in some of your content, um, which is that that's a huge thing as well. Can you take a podcast and make it a blog? Can you make it a video? Uh, yeah, it's just fascinating. Can it be its own little post? Can it be a poll quote? Yeah, so. it can be all of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Well, Jen, I'm curious, what is a motivator for you? Who, in, who inspires you? <laughs> or what inspires you? <laughs> I mean, I'm I am motivated by success. I mean, and helping people. Those are the two things. Um, you know, in terms of like like in like who's who am I influenced by? Like like Yeah, I was kind of yeah, it's other twofold. marketers, is that or what? Yeah, I was kind of curious who like would you say like draw inspiration, but then the other one is like what gets you going in the morning and what gets you like really excited. Yeah. So, um, right now I'm really enjoying, um, there's a, a man who on Twitter and LinkedIn has become more and more influential and kind of fun to watch. And his name is Justin Welsh and he helps solopreneurs and he's built like his solopreneur business to like a couple of million dollars. And he, and he writes really well, you know? Um, and so I always look forward to his posts and like, look for them because, um, they're inspirational for solopreneurs. And then they're also just, um, really well-written because I always like things that are really well-written. Um, I also really like Honey Copy. His name is Cole Schaefer. Um, and he writes really like snappy copy, which, um, it's snappier than mine, (laughs) but, um, but it's like, yeah, it's pretty fun to read. Um, so those would be kind of, I guess, my marketing influences. It's, It's interesting that they're both men and both writers. Um, and then the inspiration, you know, um, it's, you know, I just, I honestly just feel like I I just want to reach people and help them and make good stuff. And that's, that motivates me. That's, that's what does it. That's awesome. And I think that's a good enough motivator. And I think you already kind of mentioned, we've kind of mentioned that just like, yeah, there's something about helping people and, um, just giving back and, uh, making sure people, I mean, all these big businesses, you know, they've been around for a while, but these small businesses are kind of the, the lifeblood of, or the, the heartbeat of, uh, you yeah. know, of innovation and new stuff. And so we want small businesses to do well. So we have innovation and we're not just, uh, subscribing to the one mega conglomerate company that maybe. Well, and, the- and we employ 50% of the workforce. Like, mm-hmm. like we are just as important as, as the big ones, if not more important, because in rural communities, they don't have all the big companies mm-hmm. for the most part. So it, it, we are very important and the work that everybody who's watching this or, you know, it, it's important. <laughs> so, so yeah, don't, don't think the work that you do isn't important. That should be a good motivator to get you going, everybody. 
Yeah. We want, we want more people trying new stuff, starting things that are disrupting the market that are, uh, you know, who knows? There's all these different products that we've never even heard of that are just waiting to be created, but we need people to take that risk and be willing to do it, which is, can be kind of scary. I don't feel like, uh, I, I don't know. I go back and forth. I think society does say like, hey, we should have more entrepreneurs, but at other points, it's like, hey, you know, you need to go through school uh, and then work this job and be told what to do and just sit, sit still and do, do your job and yeah. buy some stuff and, and get old you know it's um it's harder to make the case with so many people um just crushed by student loans you know uh you know i i hope they do something about that because otherwise i don't see people feeling very encouraged about going to college like and then then the pace of the planet just makes it really hard to to, to justify stuff i mean if you're studying like um like i did the really useful topic of british literature from the early times <laughs> you made it work though <laughs> uh you know i mean maybe you know i love school i love and that, and i love to teach so like i get it like i want people to to go and get an education for sure um but you know i <laughs> were it not that i could identify a scanner <laughs> like i don't know I, I don't know what my job would have been you know at the time i was working at Barnes and Noble and thinking about becoming a bartender because even then an English major, it didn't translate. So it's, um, yeah, it's hard. It's we're in a phase now. I think where a lot of people are questioning the value of, of a college education. Mm -hmm. You know, that traditional route where you're like, Oh, maybe I could spend this money to travel or I could just take some online courses or spend that four years just dedicated to your craft, whatever that is. And, um, yeah, I'm fascinated. Uh, for me, like it was video. I was like, oh, what if I spent that four years and just did video? I maybe would be in a different spot right now. But that's that's totally fine. You can't live in the what ifs. But I always think that there's you know there's a there's a time and place and a and a reason for everything. And I think it's amazing. You're not the first person I met with a writing background that works in marketing because I think it does go hand in hand. And writing like snappy copy, there's a, a ton of value in that. Uh, being able yeah. to uh, get people to read that first line and then stay ready to read an entire like mentally prepared to write read a whole paragraph or a couple paragraphs a whole essay um so there is a talent and, and need for that and even more yeah. so in the social media world where it's just like you only have a few characters uh before someone goes to the next post yeah and that's what i'm learning from justin welsh like he's like the the guy you know for like the tweet you know the the, the quick tweets that really get people to to take action and then his LinkedIn posts are very um, there, you know, cause LinkedIn cuts you off after like a couple of lines mm -hmm. and his posts definitely like hook you. And, um, and that's why I'm, you know, paying attention to what he does because he has so much engagement on social media. I'm a writer. I was a classically trained writer. Like I love to blog. I like long form copy. And it's really been in the last um, handful of years that I've been like, Oh, I've got to learn how to, make it a little more succinct and you know Condense and, it all down and yeah. like copy you know i'm a writer that's different than like copywriting which is really what you're talking about that snappy like um get get people hooked and and get them in so it's definitely a process for everybody um and it takes practice yeah
That's good. That's good that I'm learning this. You're helping educate me because, uh, yeah, this is like when someone told me like, oh, video is like all the like they had the revelation that like all video isn't the same. Like, oh yeah, a, a Hollywood film is totally different than the video they were making on a YouTube. But that, yeah. I I use that oversimplification with writers. I'm like, oh yeah, if you can write an essay, you can write uh, a short snappy post. And like, they're kind of two schools of thought or like yeah. you know, styles of learning that you have to develop. Yeah, it's a little easier, I think. Like my friend Santa um, was a tr traditionally a journalist and that's all about the lead, you know, and, and getting people in to read it and very intriguing and compelling. That's been an easier leap for her into writing web copy and all kinds of stuff than me, who's like, is it in MLA format? Like, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like academic stuff, you know, it's it's been, you know, it was a little bit different. So, um, so yeah, not all writing's the same, not all videos the same. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good good revelation. I think probably for the audience too. No, you know, hire hire a, a writer that is uh, geared towards what you're trying to accomplish with your um, with your copy. So, 100%. Um, Jen, this has been a really fun podcast. We have uh, tackled a lot of different topics. I think the audience. I know I I took a lot away from this, um, and I think the audience will as well. Uh, so so people can connect with you on uh, LinkedIn. They can follow you there. You have a YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to put this all in the show notes. Uh, they can go to your website. Um, anything else people should know uh, if they want to hire you for consulting? Um, should they just uh, go out to the website and yeah, book you there? Yeah, that's womenconquerbiz.com. Um, if you're interested in taking courses from me or with me and joining that community, that's epiphanycourses.com. Tiffany courses. That's awesome. And then Jen, really quick, last question. Um, maybe you can, uh, we talked about this before, but the lightning bolt in the background, I'm sure the audience was probably been wondering the whole time. Can you just tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Brian wanted to know if this was custom. It was $10 on Amazon. And uh, it's just that it was one of my marks uh, when I had my branding redone. The lightning bolt is one of the marks. Um, and the lights are actually very cool too, because those are controlled from my phone. Um, and that's pretty fun too to, to do it. Um, and I can make it brighter or lighter. It's like party um, time. <laughs> yeah. No, it literally is because I can also play music and the lights dance to the beat of the music. It's pretty. Man, Amazon so. stepping up their game. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, awesome. The, the best part is they're for video so they don't flicker. Oh, yep. You always have to kind of worry about that. Yeah. And, okay well that's awesome jen uh and <laughs> should we put a link to that in the show notes too i don't know so um. <laughs> this is not a, not an affiliate <laughs> no um, yeah i don't really do affiliates but yeah this is <laughs> very cool i just fear the audience will be wondering and i think um for a lot of small business owners that are watching the more things you can have that are on brand uh just makes it exciting and that's awesome totally. that lightning bolt yeah. part of the brand and um yeah it's very exciting <laughs> Cool, Jen. Well, until uh, next time, thanks for uh, joining everybody and uh, have a good rest of your day. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for checking out the Tactics Media podcast. Please let us know if you have any questions, anything that we can help with. We're here for you. Did you find this podcast valuable? Please subscribe and turn on those notifications. If you feel compelled, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review.